Welcome, everybody, to episode 100. Yay! Yay! Sound of champagne corks popping across the nation. Across the world, I actually. That, I think that can happen. Yeah, I think that can happen. Yeah. Because this is the 100th episode of the Metabolist 2 podcast. It is indeed. The very first 100th episode. Yes. I, I am Ben. And I am David. And we are the Metabolist 2. And we mm. have been doing this these hourly podcasts. It's 100 hours worth of podcasts now. <laughs> Pretty Come darn on. close to that. Yeah. And, you, and you get this stuff for free. This is solid gold Doctor mm-hmm. Who analysis. It's our gift to give back to the Doctor Who community that has given us so much. We have come to give our gift of podcasts to all <laughs> humanity. <laughs> So tonight uh, we're talking about the uh, series eleven finale, the Battle of Ranskur of Kolos. Yes, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that, <laughs> or we could talk about a hundred episode retrospective. Wow, uh, we could rank all our episodes, like the best ones to the worst ones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, no. Do you remember any of them? <laughs> Not really. No. We had a nice uh, trilogy on Dalek stories, classic Who Dalek stories. We did. That was a on. good one. I, yeah. I, there are some great memories. I, I, you know what I'll do <laughs> over this holiday season? I'll listen to them all mm-hmm. again. I liked when your niece and nephew were on way back when. That yeah. Must have been, was it a Capaldi? It must have been a Capaldi Christmas Yeah, special. it was. would have been because last Christmas we were in Minneapolis and yeah. so the Christmas before that, which was have been Christmas of twenty sixteen, that's when we would have been in Britain. So yeah, so Doctor Mysterio, yeah, yeah, Doctor Mysterio, which mm. um, yeah, was a good episode compared yeah. to some of the more recent ones <laughs> that we're looking at. At least it was on Christmas. At least it was on Christmas. Ah, it's terrible. It's moved to New Year's mm. Day. Mm. They're now going to have like <laughs> ten years of New Year's Day themed episodes. Mm, and then I don't know. You don't you don't celebrate Groundhog's Day in the UK, so no. But the... I mean, in Scotland, they they really go for all all out for New Year's Day, so they could have one set in Scotland. Yeah, you would think that would have been with the Scottish doctors with uh, yeah. Tennant and Capaldi and Capaldi. Yeah, they should have gone up to up to you know Aberdeen. Yeah, or missed some... opportunity. Missed opportunity. Never mind. Well, maybe maybe get, you know they can have a two doctors get Capaldi back. It's because it's a, a, for a very Scottish New Year's Day. You would think with a year off, the BBC could do some specials or something like that. I think some where specials. A past doctor d- did a one-off, or yeah, uh, always opportunity for the Paul McGann uh, for the Paul for McGann. episode special. Yep, exactly. Adventures of the Paul McGann. Mm-hmm. Come back to the Paul McGann. All right, okay, we, we're going to have to talk about this eventually. We right, are, the Battle of Ranskor Avkolos. Um, yeah. I did not feel that this was worthy of the title of a season finale. Or a battle. Well, I, I was <laughs> just about to mention that as well. Like, I was, ex- I guess I wasn't, I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting an actual battle. I was hoping for something. Like with spaceships yeah. and like guns. And, well, we had you know, such a promising opening at the that was very uh, beginning of Ghost Monument with space battles or whatever. And this just really felt like the concluding, the second part of kind of a mid-season two-parter. Yeah, yeah. It looked great. I mean, the, the wreckage strewn surface of the quarry. Planet of Ranskor <laughs> Avkolos looked awesome. It looked really good. It looked mm-hmm. like they'd been aftermath of a battle. You know, it looked like Scaro or whatever. It looked really good. the The production values for the entire season have been extremely high, and it looks like a million dollars. And I think they've spent a lot of money on it. Right. But again, you know, if you're promised a battle, I want a battle. Right. The largest group of people in the whole episode were a bunch of people who appeared to be in their pajamas. Mm-hmm. Running away through a puddle, and that was that wasn't really a battle. Yeah, well, th- that struck me as really funny because these are supposed to be Tim Shaw's trophy humans or trophy people. Yeah, does he clothe them all in uniforms before he? Does. He, he does. He has uh, like a puts special them in sleepers. Yeah, he's got special. Uh, he's got special battle pajamas or victory pajamas that he makes his victims wear. Mm-hmm. before he puts them away in his special pods mm-hmm. where he keeps them. So he has his own line of sleepwear, the Tim Shaw label <laughs> sleepwear collection. He's like the he's like he's like the Laura Ashley of the interdimensional hunting species or You something. know that that could be why he Maybe he's just misunderstood. Maybe he is a, a you know a fashion designer. He would have been the leader of the fashion design collective that is the Senza 
and uh, the doctor. And so, of course, she ruined his fall lineup. Exactly. By... <laughs> exactly. I mean, he is yeah. quite stylish. I mean, I, I actually kind of like the design of the Stenza. I like that whole tea thing. Oh. And you could imagine him as some kind of like goth. I don't know, fashion designer from, you know, a Nathan Barley episode or something. Um, (laughs) uh, Which would have made a really fun, you know, like Sylvester McCoy style adventure where like, oh, it's evil fashion designers from beyond the edge of time. Paul Mars could have written it. If he would have been anything other than generic baddie sci-fi series baddie, it would have been more interesting. A camp Tim Shaw would have been hilarious or at least interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, if we can't have hilarious we, we would have settled for interesting but sadly we got neither which I feel was the biggest shortcoming of the series mm. especially this episode it was pretty dull boring yeah it was dull my my attention wandered through the whole thing and it's doctor who i love doctor who. i've just done a hundred hours worth of podcasts on it <laughs> but and i can't remember its name all i've been saying is is raxacorico falipatorius to myself because i can remember that name even right. though it's only the planet of the slitheene and i hate the slitheene episodes right but can i remember remember ranscor avkolos not really I, I don't see myself being able to remember this ever actually well, from a writing perspective, Chibnall has a doctor name check a Selene episode, Boomtown, yep. but he totally forgets to have the doctor remember that she's seen the planets being compressed before in the pirate planet. Um, okay, yeah, it's a deep dive back to season 16. Could have said pirate planet once or like, you know, the captain. But just her reaction is just so milk toast compared to what we had with tom baker in the pirate planet like what's it for which is which is i mean arguably you know that's one of the strongest pieces of overreaction to any in any part of doctor who but it is Mm -hmm. it's it it, what sells the pirate planet Mm -hmm. in terms of something that's actually serious here she doesn't really seem to give a toss to be honest i actually thought that the planets for a while and this would have been cool when you, you know when there was that little fluttering thing inside the boxes, which is the planet. Right. I thought they could have. I was imagining that they might have been before I discovered they were planets. That they could have been the moths, the, fle- the flesh-eating moths from last. Yeah, week. that would have been again more interesting. <laughs> it would have been great, and like you know, he would have been collecting the flesh-eating moths from like you know from another dimension. He was going to unleash them on something. Oh well, from all the anti-zones because they were powering something. Ex- Who knows? They're anti own energy but you know i mean it's it's a pirate planet plot it's like moving planets out of their orbits to make a super weapon which is totally what the daleks were doing in journey's end another thing that Um, she remembered she did remember that one thank goodness wasn't that the one where she towed everything back yeah 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 so she did name check that at the end when she said the tardis she towed the earth across halfway across the universe she did remember that yeah she just doesn't remember the pirate planet the plot that tim shaw stole from the late 70s that Chimnall recycled. Exactly. I mean, recycled. And then you have, like, that boring... <sighs> if I've seen one shot, one effect shot, of, like, a space weapon from space beaming a beam down onto a planet and there being, like, a patch of, like, light or evil or destruction spreading over the planet, I mean, good God, that's, like, the most boring, like, threatened shot of... there. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that at all. And everyone had stupid names. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to, like, Pal Tracky. What kind of name is that? It sounds like, I don't know. And then, you know, he looks to camera and goes, Umsang. Right. As if, like, that was a sensible name as well. <laughs> I mean, I know we're in space and everyone's got silly names. But, you know, actually, they're all humans. They could have human names. Well, it just didn't make any sense that, okay, Tim Shaw kills people. That's his thing. But to have him kill one of his three hostages... That didn't... Didn't make any it, sense? Okay. I, you know, they all came on this mission. Yeah. The ship is ready to go. If the uh, psychotrophic waves, these uh, hostile psychic waves, are are blocked, right? he could have left. And I'm not sure what leaving with one of the condensed planets would have done. No. Because obviously that with the Ux, uh, Tim Shaw was able to 
go get a sixth planet with the target the earth so having five planets wasn't like a magic number or anything that crippled no. crippled the death ray so i mean i've got a whole list of things i've got i've got I've to, a whole list of beefs with this episode well, let's I'll go just, through them <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just give you a couple more okay the tardis is a time machine right it is so, like, it doesn't really matter if things are later or earlier, especially yeah. if the card says it's 3,705 years later. The shot that immediately follows that is the interior of the TARDIS. Right. Because that, that literally makes no sense because the TARDIS is a time machine. I'm not sure the TARDIS is a time machine. Well, yes, the TARDIS is a time machine this year, but it is functioning more as a bus that we are going from journey to journey. The doctor... You know, it's the doctor who's the bus driver this year, not so much Graham. Yes, yes. She's a, she's a, she's a cosmic taxi driver. She's taken the TARDIS team to various places, and they're, we're walking about a bit, mm-hmm. and then they're going away again. But as I said, you know, I mean, obviously they needed to find... Well, maybe they didn't. They needed to find a quick way to express that it was a lot later. Just have a shot of, like, the planet later or something, and then go to the TARDIS. Uh, but you or... didn't need... Why did you need to be... Well, you didn't need it anyway, to be honest. Someone could have just said... It know. came up in dialogue when the Doctor was talking with uh, Tim Shaw. We didn't need the little uh, story card 3,000-whatever-years-later. You know, <laughs> it's supposed to be serious that it's a lot later. It's like, wow, this is 3,000 years later. That's really serious. But then, so why then add on like an extra couple of years, which then turns into like a Douglas Adams style comedy card rather than like a, you know, this is millennia later. Well, because Chibnall is mining Douglas Adams. I guess, um, like in the worst way possible. If you're going to take the plot or the hook, why not take the gimmicks? (sighs) I've now forgotten the other thing. Well, no, okay. So, so you've got Mark Addy in it. Okay, Mark Addy is, you know, um, Robert Baratheon. From the full Monty. <laughs> that's what I know him from. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But he's Robert Baratheon from, like, Game of Thrones. He's like, you know, he's like a proper actor. He's been in the Red Riding trilogy. He's like, he can do okay. stuff, right? And mm-hmm. what do you have him do? Like, just walk about and not remember things. Well, he's there to set up the plot and then conveniently forget areas of the plot at strategic places and then i mean he could uh, have been waste away a few robots he could have been anything and except he's just like he's wasted he's wasted i mean you know he's a he's a he's a really amazing actor Mm -hmm. i hope they paid him and i hope he was happy to (laughs) happy to be in doctor who because he really didn't didn't have anything to do Mm -hmm. um let's list out something else that irritated me okay so right okay these cyber bots sniper bots Sniper? Are they sniper bots or are they cyber bots? Sniper, sniper. Oh, I heard cyber bot. Okay, well, anyway, well, that's, sniper bots. That's a, anyway. if, if I could do a quick sidebar on mishearing things, the mix of dialogue to sound and just the pronunciations. This was the first episode that I really struggled with accents. Right. So I, I just want to call attention to two things. Right. So the, the those little throat mics that the doctor says, she says they work like calm dots. Well. I heard condoms, and I was going, what? what? So I had to go turn on, I had to rewind, or uh, rewind, rewind, That's, go backwards, go back, tra- search backwards. You? Yeah, so I'm old. <laughs> and then uh, they're calm dots, not condoms. And I just, so the other bit I heard is Graham, when he's saying he wants to send that blue piece of rubbish to Kingdom Come, I misheard it as Blue Peter Rubbish. Ooh, and I, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Blue Peter. But it wasn't. It was, yeah, that, that is actually kind of funny. Blue Peter Rubbish, yeah. Well, I just thought he's kind of like a Blue Peter craft. You know, Tim Shaw is this Blue Peter uh, craft monster. Okay, kids. Now, you've saved all your teeth that you've lost as a kid. Now, take this uh, blue sculpty mold clay and stick right, the right. stick all your teeth in there. And now you have a Blue Peter I think Peter that's great. Tim I mean, and actually thinking about it, doll. I didn't hear that. I heard, well, I think I'd stop listening at that point. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to be doing a podcast. I'm supposed to be paying attention. I mean, Blue Peter Rubbish is actually kind of a witty insult. Blue piece of rubbish is like, well, you wouldn't say that. You'd say blue piece of shit is what you'd say, to be honest. <laughs> if you were contemplating killing the person who'd killed your wife, you right. would be slightly stronger in the way that you describe them. You wouldn't say blue piece of rubbish. Unless, of course, you're on a kid's show and there were kids watching. 
Yeah. So what you need to do is is avoid characters saying that kind of thing. So well, that they it was don't... out of character too. Complete, complete. I mean, he suddenly turns into Rambo, or like you know, I don't know, Charles Bronson in Death Wish or something. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, this this really badly played. I mean, that was just I just like hang on. So he's going to do what? And then he's just not going to do it because the doctor says don't do it. It's like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. This could have worked potentially as the second or third episode in this 10-part series. But as the 10th episode, uh uh-uh. The characterization didn't work. Nope. Honestly, we had forgotten about Tim Shaw, thankfully, until this final episode. Because although there's not an arc, if you bookend the main baddie at the beginning and end, you have an arc, and it's a really weak, weak, lame arc. And and again, we, you know, when Tim Shaw kind of reveals himself and everyone's, well, you know, us as the audience is supposed to go like, <gasps> it's Tim Shaw. A, a, okay, A, he's called Tim Shaw, which is a joke name. Right. Like, let's stop calling him that. Let's call him what his actual name is, which is something that sounds like Tim Shaw. <laughs> so, like, he's, he's a joke right. to start with. And, you know, so then you could camp it up. He could have been, like, you know, dressed up like the master in, you know, the Paul McGann episode or something. It could have been really funny in that way, but it right. wasn't. And then we're supposed to be amazed. And we're not so... And then we're just the other kind of thing, disappointed, I think, honestly. We're kind of like, oh, him really? again? And the other... He changes from being a not very interesting but reasonably ineffective... Predator. Like, you know, Predator-style, yeah. you know, Hunter's Club thing to, like, some kind of pan-galactic, like, you know, megalomaniac kill-everybody person. Right. Which are two different styles of villain. Right. And there's nothing to really link them other than a whole bunch of exposition that didn't really make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go back to the Cyberbots. I, I'm going to still going to... Sniperbots. <laughs> a, okay, A, they are rubbish, the snipers, because they cannot hit anyone apart from each other when someone just falls to the floor in front of them that is like the oldest trick in the book it really well they didn't even, they didn't even some... drop to the floor they just crouched down if they had dropped <laughs> to the floor kinda, it would have been more effective they or, just kind of bowed their heads a little bit right and the was like we'll just kill each bam duck. and <laughs> duck that was rubbish that was absolute rubbish piece of plotting i also heard cyberbots so i was going like well okay if they're called cyberbots then why not just have cybermen i mean we've already mm. got cyber things yeah but i mean they're and i think you know they're obviously not sniperbots because they can't hit anyone <sighs> there's one fan theory on why uh oh. tim shaw has sniper bots from desolation is yeah and how did he get hold of them that yeah he, true. the those were invented by the sensor and so he he has the collective hive mind in his memory so he can call them up. And the thought is that they were on desolation. Right. But it's it's weak. It's weak. As fan theories go, it's not a very interesting right. one. Well, it's sort of like desolation wasn't very interesting to begin with. No. Yeah, you know, what with the, yeah, the flesh-eating microbes that didn't really eat anyone's flesh. Mm-hmm. It would have been more interesting if it was set on Desolation. That would be a double callback. Right. That's good. Right. And then we could have had the scarves could have come back. Oh, what, what was what was the Timeless Child? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you, you'd have to ask those scarves. <laughs> the scarves, no. <laughs> ask the scarves. No, the scarves could have come back. I mean, Tim Shaw could have been wearing one of the scarves. Oh, there you go. Awesome! That would have been that would have been fabulous. That would have been that would have been a way of tying it all together. Yeah, he would have, could have been wearing the scarves, and then he could have gone. He could have like gone scarves attack, <laughs> and then like Skeletor or something. He could have like sent his scarves to like attack someone. Actually, he was a bit like Skeletor. The whole thing was kind of Castle Grayskully. <laughs> he man, he woman. The She-ra. the location the locations shooting was okay. I think they did a good job with the CGI. It was yes. graded a little bit differently in the trailer. In the trailer, this was a green sky. They made it cloudy and overcast, so it looked more Earth like. Yeah. I'm wondering if it would have looked better with going with the original idea of having it kind of a sickly green. But yes, it would have looked better. The design of the the crystals looked cheap. The design of the set with the interior warehouse looked like they took it just from the same location that they shot 42 in. Right. I thought the set design was pretty bad. And I don't yep. know if this is the fault of production designer Arwell Jones, who did the yes. TARDIS, or, or the specifically the set designers, Julia Jones or Sophia Eckler. But whoever was it, 
the sets I thought were pretty horrible. And and the biggest mistake or the biggest uninspired choice was to have the stained glass or the glass uh, cross that Delph was imprisoned against. Yes. It didn't work. And Chibnall was trying to do a lot with religion because we had these two uh, yep. religious zealots, the Ux, Delph, and, and Dinio at the yep. beginning. And we have this line of dialogue where Delph is saying, uh, that they've been training 17 years, and these are people or a species, a dual species, so I guess there's only two of them, but they only they live more than a millennia, but he's complaining about 17 years of training. But then right. <laughs> you call it training. I call it building doubt. Every lesson you've given me, I feel like I understood less, not more. Then Andinio says... Which is the point. The more we learn, the less we realize we know. This is our faith. This is our existence. And right. then, what, seconds later, a wounded Tim Shaw comes through a space-time portal, and where is all the skepticism? Where is all this doubt? They just, this this ux woman just believes that this is their creator, even after the creator... Uh, Acts uh, like a dick and like starts well, killing wants everybody. to killing everything. Yeah. I feel like this is conservative Doctor Who, this series, but it's not good. If you wanted to make it a conservative uh, messaging rather than the liberal messaging that we've had at least since 2005, you have to have some kind of uh, cohesion to it. I feel like Chibnall doesn't have a real good vision or idea what he wants to do. So he's he's borrowing imagery from Star Wars. He's stealing from Douglas Adams, the pirate planet. He's just jumbling things up. And his main hook, like I've said before, is I'm going to cast a woman doctor. But it's not good enough. It's, it's not, not good, good enough. enough. And you're not really doing anything with the doctor being a female other than with the Witchfinder. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't even know those people's names, those uxes. It's a kind of an interesting idea. Sort of. It's, uh, it ish. makes me ask more questions, I guess, about it. Like, okay, how does this work? It's a dual species, so only two of them exist. There's obviously some age um, difference between these two. Right. Uh, how, do, how do they replace themselves as a species? Well, I mean, I, I I figured there was something like you know, like the uh, like the uh, what are they called? I was going to think of the Incredibles, you know, the the um. <laughs> Actually, um, when the when the 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 man Ux was like Delph, doing the, yeah. doing the crucifix thing, Delph, yeah. um, he just reminded me of Mr. Incredible from the Incredibles when he's being held <laughs> held held captive. And that was you know, which is oh great because I, I liked that and I didn't like this at all. No, um, I mean I they were like the immortals. You know who were the things? You know the, with the space the space boats, the with Eternals. The, the Eternals. I thought there was something uh, like that. They were that kind of species, uh, which would have made sense because they could make have them stuff the out of nothing. Have the, have them be Eternals? Yes, I've, I apologize for forgetting their names, but yeah, have them be Eternals. I mean, again, it's this back catalog thing that I've been banging on about. Like, we've got so much good stuff that you can take from when you need it. Mm-hmm. Stop coming up with just crap ones just because you don't want to take take from the back catalog. I mean, I was reminded of that when the um, was it the sniper bots that were burning through the door? Right. Something was burning through a door, but it was burning through a door exactly the way that Daleks do it. It's like, right. okay, well, and then why not just have Daleks then or <laughs> Cybermen? You know, they were doing that burning through the door thing, and the door falls and kind of bounces a little bit and makes a crash sound, right. and then impours the villains. I mean, Star you know, Wars. if you're going to be as 100% full of cliche as that, then just get some cliched villains from our back catalogue and have it. Mm-hmm. It's the Daleks, great. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I think the Daleks might be on New Year's. If they're not the Daleks, then the hints are another misdirection. Yeah, so I'm yeah I'm apprehensive that if it's the Daleks, they'll it'll you know I don't know it'll it, it won't work well. It'll be the oh, crap Daleks. I, I thought, thought, <laughs> thought, 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 thought of, I thought of something else I I didn't like. So the, again, I mean, the, and this is in some ways it's a it's a slightly fun though I'm sure it wasn't deliberate. It's a slightly fun throwback to kind of sixties who. We only really become concerned about the villain's plan when the villain decides to threaten Earth. Right. So it's you know it's a bit like the mind robber, you know, where mm-hmm. like you know at the end it's like oh hang on, 
we should be doing something about this because he's going to because he because the master of the land of fiction has decided to threaten Earth all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like we don't really seem to care about all the other planets. We care a little bit, I guess, but it's like, oh, hang on, it's Earth, right? right. We've got to do something now, which is a total Flash Gordon style of storytelling. Right. It's like we only care about anybody when it actually threatens our own planet. Right. Well, the morality in this series has been really the, the maybe not the morality but the politics the morality that the doctor has exposed in the series has been all over the place and it's not been consistent and i guess the only point for yaz since it's in in this entire serial this uh, 10th episode was to ask what happens to earth i guess the choice was between taking the ox off the weapon system, which might have killed them, or the Earth, where there's 7 billion humans on there, and the doctor has a problem with that. So they're like, whoa, we can't kill the ox. There's only 7 billion people on Earth. There has to be a, another way. It's like uh, in Star Trek uh, with Captain Kirk with the Kobayashi Maru solution right. where, there's, uh, where there's an extra solution. It would have been, I think, more interesting or even have the doctor have stakes if she had to make a hard choice, but instead she's just clever, and we have these magic neural balancers that that she can use to block the signal, and it's oh, what yeah, and just earlier with yeah. the whole weapons thing, and I just cringed, I just cringed when Ryan's calling her out, sort of like what happens to no no weapons doctor, and right. you know she says oh it's a flexible creed, doors, walls, buildings are all fair game as long as they can rebuild. And he says, well, what about the sniper bots? And then her, it's a really lame response. It's sort of like, well, you're new. I had to set the rules and also don't throw anything back in my face. Right. Uh, it's, uh, it's horrible writing. It's horrible characterization of the doctor. Yes. It's just not good. And then just a mischaracterization of Graham. This is graham earlier in the demons of punjab saying we just have to be good men yeah and then no he's has uh, maybe maybe the uh fake grace in the solar track realm yeah flipped a lid on him but he has displayed no indication whatsoever that he desired to take revenge on anybody for anything he's a bus driver from south london i mean you could have had him talking to ryan at the beginning for this is the reason that he wants to travel with the doctor, not to forget Grace, but yeah. to try to find Tim Shaw. If you were going to have that seed, you should have had it in the Arachnids of the UK when they decide, with Graham confiding in Ryan, I'm going right. to come along to try to give them the, or an opportunity to take this guy out. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like those terrible Moffat arcs where all of a sudden, like, oh, it, it was that thing all along, and then you have to try and remember what that thing was. But it's right. in some way worse because there isn't even a thing back there for us to go, do you remember that thing? It's, right. it's, it's just like just having the blue man with teeth all over his head back again gives you an arc. And I, I guess you've already said this. It doesn't give you an arc. It just, ha- just has that character coming back. And if he's not even the same character, ah, it's just ridiculous. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yes. not It's it's not good at all. Again, I was, going back to what you were saying, I mean, I was, my jaw hit the floor when Graham started being all, I said, you're all, all Charles Bronson. Right. Like, I'm going to get, you know, right. get all steely and like, I'm, uh, it was just, this is not Graham. It, like no. this is is this the same guy with the funny hat and the witchfinders like no. you know the jokey guy with the sandwich no no it's not it's a completely different character that has suddenly appeared from literally nowhere it's a Graham that could have existed in episode three at the latest yes and aside from the line of Tim Shaw may have a shrine but I have my ghost monument aside from that line you could have put this story pretty much back to back with the woman who fell to earth. And it would have made a lot more sense with character. Yeah. And then just to just to finish off my thought on that one, and then he doesn't do it. And he then kind of just toggles back to being like regular Graham and he suits Tim Shaw in the foot. Right. And then Tim Shaw falls over because, ow, my foot. Right. And then we're done sort of thing. And then we put Tim Shaw in a box, which is kind of better than killing him or something. Which, which is ridiculous. This is an individual that has 
killed many, many people as indicative as of the teeth on his face, but then also the planet the, people. The five planets, and he was going for the six. And it's preferable for the doctor to lock him as a time bomb waiting to seek revenge in, what, the end of series 12? Because oh he escaped. God, please, no. <laughs> escaped from the shrine? Because Davros always escapes. Are we going to be suffering Tim Shaw now? Ad infinitum in Doctor it's Who? It's Tim Shaw. He's back. Oh, no. And, and the other thing, and then I, well, the other thing I was thinking about, Graham, is that, okay, well, then maybe what should, what, 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 maybe what's going to happen is that, is that Graham will kill Tim Shaw, but the Doctor doesn't find out, and then Graham has, has a kind of Turlow-style mm-hmm. secret that he's going to have to conceal during the next series, and that might make the only interesting character even more slightly interesting. Nope. Um, I notice we're not talking about um, Ryan or Yasmin in any way, because they're not really in it that much as people. Well, Ryan is there to be a, a check on Graham and provide the... I guess the fist bump and tell Graham how much he loves him and how he's family and that bit. And I felt like Ryan was very underused in this series completely. It would have, it probably would have been yep. more appropriate for Ryan to have this anger. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It just seemed out of characteristic for, well, it really seemed out of characteristic for both of them, but we did see Ryan lose his temper in the very first episode when he chucked his bike over the edge so but when we didn't yeah. see that with i mean Graham. i can only imagine and i can only imagine and you know i this is entirely laudable that they were maybe steering away from a young uh, angry man afro-caribbean man being angry and wanting right. to take revenge i mean which is entirely laudable to to imagine that that might be stepping into a particular kind of cliche that one probably wants to avoid but then to just have just then dump that onto another character or maybe maybe the other bloke would do it then instead it shouldn't have been there it at shouldn't all. have been there at all exactly because it didn't really end up being anything so we have this final line which seemed kind of tacked on and i'm, I'm just going to quote it uh verbatim so right. i don't mess it up this doctor is just about to get into her tardis and she says none of us know for sure what's out there that's why we keep looking keep your faith travel hopefully the universe will surprise you constantly. And when I heard that, I was reminded of the end of survival and the big words canceled. I just wonder Ooh. if that was tacked on at the end because they had no idea if it was coming back. Uh, interesting. Well, as so much is kind of tacked on. Uh, I, I mean, I guess at that point I was both irritated and bored, so I probably wasn't paying the right kind of attention for someone who allegedly is producing a podcast on Doctor <laughs> Who each week. Um, but yeah, no, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's not nearly as good as Sylvester McCoy's Farewell in Survival. Yeah, come on, Ace, we have work to do. Yeah, you know, um, not nearly as good as that. Right. But then the whole thing isn't nearly as good as, you know... Time and the Rani, you know, which which is also was kind of vaguely reminding me of, only because I've just bought that on DVD and now I probably have to watch it at some <laughs> point. But you know, it's in a quarry. There's a villain we've seen before, right? You know, if only if only Tim Shaw, you know, dressed up in someone else's clothes, um, <laughs> impersonated Yaz. Impersonated Yaz. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, if you, if if you're gonna be, ah, yes, we've already had that conversation. Yeah, it's like. Mm. Mm. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So I was talking about this because my, uh, my lovely wife, Amanda, is watching this now. Oh, um, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> I know. And we were talking, so we were talking about the finale on the phone. Mm-hmm. And we, we agreed we're both adults. Right. So, you know, in some ways, maybe this show isn't for us, which is fine because I right. can watch kids shows. And, you know, and maybe the only reason I really like Doctor Who so much is because I loved it so much as a kid. That's also fine. I understand right. that, too. But we were saying how thrilling the, certainly the Tenant season finales were. Right. And, you know, how interesting, maybe less thrilling, but how, you know, complex and weird some of the uh, Moffat season finales were. And we were watching those as adults, but I am not getting any of that thrill or any of that interest from this series at all. And and we both agreed. And she's not really a fan um, she, but, you know, she, again, was very engaged through the tenant years. 
and found the, the finales of, of the David Tennant finales to be exciting and thrilling, even as an adult. This, she thought, was just a mess and boring. Mm-hmm. And she's probably not going to watch it again. I would concur. And I just wonder what the BBC's goals with this, because this really didn't have that spark that we had oh, with RTD and Moffat yeah. that made it non-generic sci-fi Doctor Who. I'm just wondering if Doctor Who has become too big of a brand that they can't just take it off the air, but having it off the air for a year and then this mess of a season, inconsistent writing, really dull stories for the most part. For the most part. It seemed like safe Doctor Who for marketing because we didn't want to even alienate Amazon because... Amazon Prime does a lot of streaming of Doctor Who. They sell right. a lot of merchandise. Uh, Doctor Who's a big commercial entity now. It seemed like Whitaker was more of a marketing ploy than a. We have a really interesting story we want to tell about how the Doctor has gotten away with a lot of things by being a male character. Yeah. And when it's a female appearing Time Lord. She can't get away with the same types of things, and she has to do things differently. I mean, I was thinking about what would have made me more excited about this and made me more engaged. And one of the things I was thinking about, well, have her, and she is a her, have her encounter some... They don't even have to be classic series villains. They can be new series villains and see how that changes. You know, how would she she deal with Daleks? How would she deal with Cybermen? How would she deal with Slitheen or Weeping Angels or... uh, blanking now on any other good recent villains but you know i mean you know how would she deal with davros right um, i mean davros is you know I, dave I, I ross <laughs> i mean there's no there's no proof but i'm sure he's a horrible misogynist so uh, i think that goes back to what i was saying how i would run the first series i don't think you can have the doctor not face the daleks in early run or one of the classic monsters and measure up and feel like the doctor and by having a total moratorium on returning monsters it kind of undermines the show a little bit by taking away its history yep i don't think it makes it more accessible i think it makes it more generic makes it more generic it's like an unsecured free-floating sci-fi show which you know uh, unfortunately it's it's hard work to create a new sci-fi property. Uh, I think there's a reason why most sci-fi shows are sci-fi shows that have been running a long time because that's kind of the way that it works. And I think this has failed by really not taking some of the advantages of being something that's got a great history. And I don't think it I don't think it alienates viewers, new viewers. I mean, I guess, you know, the viewing figures have been good for this series in general, as far as I understand viewing figures, which I don't really, to be honest. And, you know, arguably the Moffat era was too back-referential, mainly to itself rather right. than to kind of previous eras. And it was it was hard to follow. So it's just disappointing. And I think we go back to our original point that we're going to keep on making is that it's not good enough just to have the Doctor is a woman. Yeah. Which is really, I think... I mean, I think we started out saying that as a criticism, not really believing it that that is, that, that, that is what has happened. But I think it is what's happened. Yes. It's the only idea that Chris Chibnall had is like, well, why don't we make her a woman? And everyone goes, yeah, okay, let's do that then. Right. And then nothing else happens. Mm-hmm. Well, if we look at the characters of Ryan, I think he was underutilized. I think he yeah. had uh, the dyspraxia was an interesting character element, but it was inconsistently, I think, applied. Yaz, a total cipher yeah. in the TARDIS. I mean, maybe she has a crush on the Doctor, and maybe that's about the most <laughs> is, but it's not fully developed, and it's a lot of reading into. Just the whole bit with Yaz's mother at the end of Arachnids in the UK, you're going to have to tell me how you really met the Doctor. That whole bit of RTD-era family drama sort of abandoned yeah i have no idea what yaz's relationship with graham is no they've talked briefly but i'm not sure how that goes it the whole idea that the doctor is lonely and wants a family or a fam wasn't really explored 
No. Uh, Graham was interesting character, but the the series commits, I think, a really fundamental mistake or a fundamental flaw by killing off his wife to motivate the two male characters throughout and those are the only characters that have any semblance of an arc throughout the series it's just not good well written doctor who no. and the and the kind of final motivation of that character is i'm, I'm just going to kill him yeah which is oh yeah it, it was very hard to find anything likable in this. And it's not that I really dislike it. It's pretty bland. I think in any other series, this probably would have been a two-parter back-to-back yeah. and acceptable. But this is it. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of my disappointment in Series 11 from having a lot of hope, uh, both in seeing a brand new showrunner and having a pretty substantial change in the dynamic of the series by having the main lead played by a woman, it just really didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's disappointing. And maybe maybe we're piling on in the season finale, but there wasn't a lot of bright points along the series. No, no, there wasn't. Disappointing. Yeah. Um, and we got yeah. one to look forward to, I guess, for resolution on New Year's Day. Yeah, but it's Chib. Chib's doing Chib's on the writing and for that. If it's not the Daleks, then it's another misdirection, which I guess we should expect uh, because that is what Chibnall in the writer's room seem to uh, excel in. Point, pointless misdirection. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be New Year's Day. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, this is been nice. This hasn't been a hasn't been a very cheerful 100th episode we're no. all a bit like oh no right. but you know we can only report what we see folks <laughs> what did you think yeah going back to the episode this is a lot of religious bits in this story and just in the series i think the solid track seemed almost like a religious uh, idea of the devil in the gallifreyan mythology Right. Like the universe couldn't work until they banished the Solitract or the devil. And then right. we get and then we get this one with the Ux and the constant re, uh, praying and relation to the creator and the doctor using phrases like false god implying that there are true gods. You know, normally I think in the past we would have heard the doctor just say uh like Tim Shaw is pretending to be a god instead of saying right. Tim Shaw is a false god implying that there are true gods. Right, And that's why it kind of made me think that maybe Chibnall is trying to write a conservative or a, a I, I guess, a more conservative or more traditional uh, Doctor Who. I mean, I think that's really giving giving it too much of the benefit of the doubt that they're actually really thinking about it, to be honest. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't I mean, I think it, I, I really just think they're not really they're not really thinking through these stories. Right, and I think to to imagine that there is some kind of ideology behind it, you know, that they are trying to reorientate the show slightly towards a, a more conservative bent, I think is giving them far too much credit. Hmm. Okay, that that would be my opinion. Well, I'm trying to figure out what their plan is, but What's every going on? every time I, the alternative is like we said, uh, Chimnall really doesn't have any idea. He got talked into this by uh, that smooth talking Moffat or the big uh, big bucks between <laughs> behind BBC. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why he doesn't seem to be enjoying this job. I mean, he finally is smiling in his publicity photos, but I just, he seems like the dog that caught the car doesn't know what to do about it. So, oh, yeah. so it's sort of like, well, he, as a kid, he probably dreamt of, well, when I'm going to be a showrunner, I'm not going to have crap like uh, uh, Pip and Jane Baker on and that kind of stuff. But uh, he really, I'm not sure he's done much better than Pip and Jane Baker, to be honest with oh, you. Really? Not really, no. So you no. you had mentioned Time and the Ronnie, and then I'd go even further back, like Trial of Time Lord or even Twin Dilemma, yeah. I mean, which yeah. we talked about last week. This is not good Doctor Who. No, referencing those, this is, you know, to go back to your point, this is, you know, potentially a cancellation level event. Well, they have. I mean, it, well, think about back in the 80s. They didn't really, they never said it was canceled. They just put it on longer and longer hiatuses and were yeah. kind of uh, not really forthcoming with what's going yeah. on. And it just seems like if 
You have a brand new actor in the role. You have a brand new showrunner in the role. You cut down the series t- to 10 episodes from a, from 12 yep. and a special. Something's going on. Somebody's not happy with something somewhere. You move it to Sundays. You move the Christmas episode right. to New Year's. Well, you get you rid know, of the Christmas episode and you give it a New Year's episode. I mean, back in the day when we had a year off, we had... The first gap year, we were wondering what we were going to do with only four episodes in a year. Um, yeah. uh, Moffat had only one Christmas special. Right. But now we have a whole year where we're just going to have a New Year's special. And then the current rumor is that the season 20 is only going to be a half year. We're only going to get five episodes in, yeah. in 2020. And I, mean, I, and I know we've covered this previously um, on the podcast. But, but having a sh- the show being on Christmas Day is a big deal. Christmas Day television is a big, big deal. And I, I'm probably most American listeners to our podcast may not fully understand what a big deal it is. Mm-hmm. And to move, to have it move to New Year's Day right. is a definite downgrade. It is. That's a 100%. And it's not just like a ooh, slight, it is a big downgrade. Mm-hmm. Big, big deal, actually. Right. And to just say, well, it's because we can't think of any more jokes about Christmas trees. Well, you know, Dr. Mysterioso didn't have a bunch of Christmas stuff in it. Right. So that doesn't really fly with me at all. It's a, it's a definitely a downgrade mm-hmm. and a serious one at that. I don't think they wanted it on the air. Nope, I don't think they did. Because I think they didn't think it was good enough. Because it isn't, actually. Which, what, you <laughs> know, right. we, we asked a question last week, why the delay? And if it is that... Others are unhappy with it, and it may be exactly what the BBC wanted with a Sunday night viewer. The viewership, like you said, has been fairly strong. The ratings have been pretty good. Yeah. It's getting our audience appreciation in the around 80. Uh, maybe it's exactly what they want, and they, it was just a delay in commissioning to see if it would fly. But this yeah. seems to be not so much Doctor Who as an event. This is Doctor Who as... Uh, we're we have to do this. We have we don't know how to get rid of it at this point. Don't know how to get rid of it? Yeah, you we're just podcasters. You know, we don't really know anything other than we know the show quite well. There, I mean, as much as everyone likes to hate, you know, commissioning editors and people who run big organizations like the BBC, mm-hmm. they have watched a lot of television, <laughs> and I think anybody who's even watched half as much television as I have, which is quite, which is still quite a lot, would probably be able to notice what's wrong with this season of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think obviously there are other considerations because if the ratings are good, well, the ratings are good. But, you know, I think anyone who knows their business will be looking at this and going like, hmm, this needs some work. Right. Because it does need some work. Uh, and I think, you know, obviously the proof in the pudding will come whether we can see a new series of Doctor Who being filmed, you know, summertime next year. Right. And if there are no set reports come springtime, then we know we're in trouble. Right. I don't know if we're in trouble or not, but if we are in trouble by keeping the showrunner on, just like we kept the showrunner on when we had trouble with Colin Baker being the Doctor, the same showrunner. Right. I think that's a mistake. You can't ask an individual who got you into this mess to get you out of this mess. You need to cut bait. No, I mean, Whitaker is a fine, you know, she's a fine actor and she's done a good enough job with the material that she's been given. She's a bit Northern still for my taste, <laughs> but that's fine. It's not the actor that's the problem. It's, I would have said if there is a problem, I think there is one, it's the showrunner. Right. Yeah. And I'm not sure what the solution is. I think probably having someone who's versed in production and in writing may be a little bit more than what the show can bear. I'm not sure that the showrunner a tour, you know, like an RTD Moffat is the right way to go for Doctor Who. It might be better to have a strict classic breakdown between yeah. producer and script editor. Could be, could be. Maybe that's the solution. I think you have to find an individual with a vision and a story that he or she wants to tell using this universe and this doctor. Yep. Now, which is maybe slightly slight tall order at this point. I think first steps would be to prune down the size of the TARDIS. You have the arc. As much as I like Graham, I think his arc has matured. 
I'm not sure there's enough to enough to keep Yaz around, honestly. Yeah. And uh, Ryan is really wasn't developed, so maybe maybe Get rid of all of them. Maybe you do a clean slate. I don't know. Yeah, they're all dead. They all die <laughs> in resolution. They're all dead. Oh, they all die in the first minute. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're, we're, we're stra- aren't we straying into a season overview territory? This we point? are. Uh, we can continue on, or we can just uh, yeah. end it here. End it here. Put, all right. Put, put this podcast out of our misery. All right. Hundred episodes. It's all done. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think next next week we're going to be looking at some Christmas episodes. Yeah, I think we'll. Yeah. Uh, we talked about doing another SmackDown where we choose the cheesiest aspects or the uh, bits bits from the 10 Doctor Who specials that we have had uh, what didn't work and then the other will have to defend our picks. Defend the, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be Christmassy is what, yeah. is what, is what, is what it'll be. Unlike yeah. Resolution. <laughs> Unlike Resolution which is more like kind of New Year's Daisy. Yes. If New Year's uh, it, Day it's, has it's, a thing. You know, it doesn't really. it's probably very accurate that it is on New Year's Day because I'm guessing at least you and I are going to have a Series 11 hangover. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will not have an actual physical. I have a mental hangover from, yes, from, that's, being, de- that is yeah, what I from being depressed. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. Right. Well, if you have been, um, thanks for listening. I've been talking with Ben. And I've been talking with, as usual, I've been talking with David. <laughs> a hundred of these. <laughs> 100. <laughs> Count them. Okay, good. On to 101st. 101st next week. Nice one. All right. All right. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. say to me graham if you get the chance you send that blue pizza rubbish to kingdom come <laughs>